Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. A devastating loss leaves the Capitals on the brink. A look at the Eastern Conference race with two and a half weeks to go, and the Islanders in town on Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. Today is Monday, March 27th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way in a Capital One arena. It was one of the worst regular season losses in recent memory Saturday night at PPG Paints Arena. The Capitals in a game they needed to win in regulation to keep realistic playoff hopes alive. Dug a 3-0 hole early in the third period, came storming back with three straight goals to tie the game, only to give up a breakaway goal to Evgeny Malkin with just one twenty to go. Final score in regulation Saturday night, the Penguins 4 and the Capitals 3. Washington now six points out of the eighth and final playoff spot in the East with just eight games to go. And Ben, in a game that could have pulled the Caps within two of a playoff spot, it's now a half dozen in a game that felt like a dagger on Washington's season. Yeah, very deflating defeat on Saturday night and deflating, John, for multiple reasons. But I'll highlight the fact that they played well. They played well for much of the evening. Obviously, there were miscues that opened the door for Pittsburgh to build a 3-0 lead. But I thought from the start of the game, the first period, especially the second, John, when the game was still scoreless, you had the feeling that this was a veteran Capitals bunch that understood the urgency of the night, understood the magnitude of the game, and they played well. They had opportunities. Casey DeSmith played very well for Pittsburgh. Again, gave them the opportunity to build a 3-0 lead. And then the Capitals to show the fight that they did and the comeback and to score three unanswered at one point in the third period, you felt like, okay, again, they understand the urgency. This is their season on the line. And then poof, with one more miscue in the you know final minute plus of regulation, the turnover from Anthony Mantha opening the door for the Malkin goal. It was just very deflating the way it ultimately unfolded on a night where I thought, given the magnitude of the game, the Capitals put forth a very strong effort. They had no choice, but I thought that they showed themselves well, and ultimately the miscues cost them, and an opportunistic Pittsburgh Penguins bunch able to take advantage. It is possible that Anthony Mantha's time in Washington will be remembered, sadly, for what happened at the end of the game Saturday night, failing to protect the puck against a hard-charging Malkin late in the game, the costliest of turnovers at the worst possible time. But Ben, to your point, there was so much good in this game from a Caps perspective, and perhaps that's why it was so frustrating in the end. Let's start with Darcy Kemper. 36 saves on 40 shots doesn't really tell the whole story. He made big saves. I felt he was somewhat the victim of circumstance. I would give Chad Ruedel that scoring chance a thousand times, and I say he misses them all. He, of no goals on the season, no goals in a calendar year, hits a perfect shot to beat Kemper in the second period. Otherwise, a few breakdowns in front, as you alluded to, that cost the Caps at inopportune moments. And isn't that something we've acknowledged the Pittsburgh Penguins with over the years? Usually it's in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but the Capitals have a history of strong games, playing well, and then bang, bang, a couple of whether it's turnovers, penalty trouble, whatever it is, 
the Pittsburgh Penguins, and and you laud them even on caps this morning. You laud the Pittsburgh Penguins for their ability. They could turn games real quick, and they did the other night the two goals in the second period in a span of two minutes, seven seconds, an example of that. You're right. Kemper was very good. The goals Pittsburgh ultimately scored. Turnovers, defensive breakdowns in front of him. They weren't necessarily from sustained pressure. They weren't rebound issues. They were goals in transition, off the rush, after turnovers, after miscues. And you can make a case. Could Darcy Kemper serve as the eraser in a number of those instances? Maybe. But at the end of the day, you're right. He played well and at least gave the Capitals the opportunity to be where they were 3-3 late in regulation. There was more good. Alex Ovechkin again brought his team back into the fight. A brilliant power play goal when his team needed it most at the 13-18 mark of the third period. And I really felt, Benny, it was a turn-back-the-clock moment on Saturday night. So much on the line in Pittsburgh and Ovechkin rising to the occasion. I loved everything about that moment. Yeah, and a great shot as well on the TV broadcast, the national TV broadcast on ABC. When the penalty was called on Ryan Paling, there was a cutaway shot to Ovechkin on the bench and how quickly he grabbed his helmet and said, let's go, let's go to work here, trying to mount the uh, comeback at that point. Sure enough, it was within seconds off of the faceoff win that he teed it up for the one-timer and the goal. He was engaged. He played very well. Again, there, there were a lot of guys up and down the depth chart for the Capitals who showed themselves well and particularly... In that third period, when trying to mount the comeback, recognizing the the urgency of it, I thought Dylan Strom as well, again, on that number one line at even strength with Ovechkin and mostly with Tom Wilson at even strength. I thought Strom, who has played very well over these past few weeks with the season on the line, I thought uh, Saturday night, another example of that. And sure enough, he's the one who gets the game tying goals. There were there definitely were individuals and Alex Ovechkin in Pittsburgh. Yeah, throwback performance as well. Yeah, I want to talk about Dylan Strom, too. The biggest moment of the night for Washington Saturday, tying the game with less than three minutes left, banging home a rebound for his 18th goal of the season. If Dylan's season ended today and he didn't get another point the rest of the year, I say it's a great first year with the team. 56 points in 73 games, more than worthy of the contract he signed in season. I really like his overall body of work throughout the season and obviously a big moment for him in the game late on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree with you. And depending on how these next eight games unfold, you know, it's not the season the Capitals were hoping for here, objectively speaking. But you're right, Dylan Strom has been among the consistent bright spots for the team. The very strong first impression after signing the deal in the offseason earned himself that contract extension and hasn't taken the foot off the gas pedal since signing that long-term extension of anything. Again, with the season on the line for the Capitals over these past few weeks, fighting for their playoff lives, he's up to 20 points in his last 14 games. And it's an interesting perspective from Dylan Strom that he hasn't been shy to share with us from the media perspective in that this is rare for the Capitals to be on the outside of a playoff position this time of year. We know that for Ovechkin, for Wilson, for Kuznetsov, for the core of this team, this is rare to be in this position. For Strom, this is almost a glass half full attitude. He's never been this close to a postseason berth. And I mean that in all sincerity. You could tell he's hungry to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. The only time he played beyond the regular season was a cameo appearance in the 2020 bubble. You know, when the Western Conference was based out of Edmonton, that odd, you know, summer postseason expanded field that he was a part of with the Blackhawks. But outside of that, no, he's looking to get to the postseason. And you could tell from his game, he's, he's elevated his play here these past few weeks. 
So the road ahead from here is murky at best for the Capitals. Here's what the race looks like with two and a half weeks to go. The Islanders, who are here on Wednesday, have 83 points with eight games to play. They hold the first wild card. Pittsburgh, 82 points and nine games left. Florida, who lost at home Saturday to the Rangers, they sit in ninth with 79. Buffalo, with 10 games left, more than anybody in the mix, they have 76 points in 10th. And the Capitals, yeah, they do have 76 as well, but they fall to 11th because they only have eight games to play. So Washington really almost has to win out now to even have a chance. They can only max at 92 points if they win their final eight games. Even 500 hockey from the Islanders and Pittsburgh could pretty much finish things off. The math isn't pretty, and hope ain't a strategy, but hope's about all this team has left, Ben. They got to win out, and they got to get help. Yeah, it's certainly an uphill climb. There's no question. It was already an uphill climb going into Pittsburgh last night. Even if they had managed to win the game in regulation, they still would have ultimately needed help. Ultimately, they lose in regulation. So now you're talking about that six-point hole. At least they do have the Islanders twice. Already two wins in as many meetings against the Islanders so far this season. But even if that's the team you're targeting, you have to acknowledge as well that is a seven-point deficit the Capitals would have to overcome with, again, teams in front of them. And the Florida Panthers, I don't know what's going on there. Three straight losses in regulation. They had a very rough week, so they actually had the Capitals. They actually had some help on the out-of-town scoreboard really over the course of the past few days. It allowed themselves to still stick within striking distance, but it's a very, very deflating defeat. No question that they took to Pittsburgh and now a few days until they see the Islanders while the other teams will have the opportunity themselves to continue to rack up wins and points. Just two games left in March, six in April, and that's all she wrote. Getting back at it on Wednesday. It's Capitals and the New York Islanders Wednesday at 7. Airtime will be at 6.45 on 106.7 The Fan and Caps Radio 24-7. Heard at CapsRadio247.com. Ben, have yourself a Monday, will you? Happy Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.